Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> now, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> everyone welcome to this special episode of talking tesla this is the fsd roundtable uh joel and robert hosted michael pastroni and matthew anthus washburn and i'm sure i messed up matthew's name uh both of those guys are patrons of talking tesla and also our fsd beta users matt uh lives in oregon and michael lives in a little community outside of Boston testing FSD in the cold and snow. It's an interesting conversation. They talk a lot about their experiences with FSD beta, about whether or not they believe it's ready for prime time. They go into a lot of detail about the different stacks that are available or that are sort of separate but are about to become combined hopefully in the in the next iteration or a soon iteration is probably a better way to say that. But uh, here you go. This is a special episode of Talking Tesla FSD Roundtable. Take it away, guys. Should we should we clarify that it's full by yourself driving? That's just well. What clear. is California calling it right now? Because California Not says we can't call driving. it. <laughs> yeah, like cruise control with assist. <laughs> yeah, modern day cruise control. We just have a little conversation about it. Roberts talked a lot about. Um, his experience with um, semi-autonomous uh, driving, if there's such a word um, or a phrase. Right. So, um, Robert, let's talk a little bit about it. And these guys want to share their experience and their understanding of it as well. So we can all sort of be on the, the right page, I guess. So, Robert, when's the last time that you've used um, your autonomous, semi-autonomous suite? Uh, yesterday evening as I was driving home from the supermarket. But the more notable uh, time was, I guess, two days ago, we had some pretty strong Santa Ana winds here in California. That's where these desert winds are very dry. They blow in off the eastern desert. And uh, like big trucks were doing a fair amount of swerving. Autopilot didn't seem to give a shit. It was just driving right up along these big semis as they were inching into my lane it only gets really upset when they cross the line but i get upset well before that and it was even pushing my car up against the jersey wall as you tra trained me right there joel i need to do more training uh, mike what do we call it on the east coast those jersey barricade barriers? apparently barricade. it's east coast yes because these guys were like what like we had a i don't know if it all made on yeah. the show or not but they it was like, yeah, a, well, you know, they were trying to prove me wrong, but 
I already petitioned uh, Governor Gavin Newsom to call them California temporary walls because, you know, all great things come from California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, again, autopilot, quote, end quote, is is uh, it's a really useful tool. But um, I guess my bottom line is is that I drank the Kool-Aid early and have learned through watching as much as I do doing this podcast with you, Joel, that uh, it's it's not autopilot. It, you need to be on it all the time. And uh, you can't take Elon's word for it and just let it roll. Let it take you wherever you want to go. Mike, you've had, uh, you have a Model S. You, you have a newly minted Model Y. Boy, I hope you got it beginning of this this year no but i had i had a price from january so it wasn't you know it wasn't a big letdown um price wise but no so robert you said that i wanted to i just wanted to address your concerns and disappointment um you said that specifically when you're exiting the highway Hmm. it didn't do that well Right. Right. There's a couple places in uh, Ventura County when you're heading east on this very flat, large highway through farmland. And you want to get off if you set autopilot to take you to an off road destination at a couple of exits, it will hesitate. So it won't take you off the road at the point where most of us would start turning towards the right. And then in its hesitation, it would end up riding into the median and heading right for a barrier. And I know that's happened with uh, leftward exits and killed somebody. Right. And you asked, you know, at what point does city streets take over? So let me, let me just, I want to just share my screen here and, and go through. I really just want to make two points. One is there's four separate stacks or programs that control the car and they're independent they don't overlap and they don't really switch between each other and then i've got a uh this is inspired by tom i've got a french fry analogy for fsd the 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 four the four stacks are fsd beta autopilot auto park and summon so let's work backwards with the easy ones. Talking about, you guys remember it, Joel? You said you had an S too. Yeah. Remember this guy? Remember when you got yes. this guy? I saw. And we it. and we took our friends out and we said, "Watch the car auto park." And you're pointing right now at your uh, at your fob for the Model S. Yes. Right. So auto park uses only the ultrasonic sensors. It will only work for parallel and perpendicular parking when you're between two cars. You know, there's one space between two cars because it's not parking between the lines with cameras. It's using the physical objects to do it. It works when you can get it to activate, which was always a problem when you're demoing it. It works flawlessly, in my opinion. Works works great. Then there's summon, which, 
you know, again, using this thing, um, you can get it to go forward and back until it sees some physical object, which is also just the ultrasonic sensors. And then there's this slight variation called smart summon, which adds the, the map and cameras with very simple, good do two things. It'll either come to me or come to a point, a pin on the map, right? And it's a joke, you know, it, it drives over curbs. It won't, you know, hit a cat, but it doesn't work very well. Right. So those two things are, are examples of, you know, they're completely independent pieces of software that control the car. Not linked together, stitched together but well. They're not linked, they don't switch, right. The third one is autopilot, which, you know, is a godsend on the freeway. It's level two, traffic aware, cruise control, lane keeping. It's fantastic. It doesn't get out of the way of the semi very well, but in stop and go traffic, it's it's just invaluable. You got to have it, right? I mean, you would never, that's almost worth, that comes on the base car, right? Then there's this goofy thing called enhanced autopilot, which is just a little bit of an addition, which adds navigate on autopilot and the ability to change lanes if you put your blinker on, but it's still the same stack. And all navigate on autopilot does is pretty much tell you where your exit is. It's supposed to do freeway to freeway, but it has it has it's not capable of doing on ramps and off ramps well at all. It has that so and that software has not been touched from a development standpoint for three or four years. I mean, we all know that there's an issue with running into the back of a fire engine, but and they may do it may have tried to tweak it a little bit, but for all intents and purposes, it hasn't really been touched at all. And then there's city streets. And, you know, we got FSD. I got it three, three, four years ago in 2018. And, you know, it, it does the, fir the first thing on this list. First, it would tell you there was a stop sign coming. And then it would actually stop at the stop sign in the traffic light. So that was kind of the beginning of FSD. And then FSD kept being developed further and further and further. So those four stacks, they're completely independent. They don't switch between each other. And it makes a lot of sense that if you were thinking that the highway stack was being improved as all as everybody's raving about, that it would seem like it's not, it's not working. It's definitely not. So you're saying that the experience that I had with these sketchy exits from the highway are because the stack that is called autopilot is something they haven't really tweaked. They've been basically putting all their energy on this on-street autopilot, which is FSD beta. Theoretically, if you, you can get it to try and switch, the problem, it doesn't really matter because it's so poor at exits that you're not willing to grit your teeth while it does the exit okay so the way that you tell that you're in the different modes is remember this screen right this is 
you're it's, the guy's obviously on the highway here and the all the cars look like an s and there's no intended path line okay this is autopilot and if i switch to this screen actually here's a better one this is fsd it's rendering the garbage cans, the cats, the kids. Okay, let us just describe what you're saying just in case it goes on non-video. Um, if you see a sort of traditional autopilot um, on the highway, you don't see a path. Um, you, you see the lineup of cars. You see also see, depending on your screens, you see a little bit of the highway, but you don't see an intended path where you're seeing the models of the cars um, in front of you. When you go to freeway i mean i'm sorry city streets that's where you do actually see the intended path and you see other more colorful additions to this robert for me the giveaway is the red that red um edge so i have a model three so my screens are different but um and i do get a path like i do get a a path when i'm navigate on autopilot so okay. it shows me like the lane keep basically um as a single line but the you can watch the visualization switch if you're hitting if you go to an off ramp you can watch it switch as you enter the the ramp it'll switch and you'll start to see the it'll switch just flip over basically and you'll see those red edges and that is all oh, that is fsd fsd does that edge detection it's interesting and i agree i have the same experience and i would say the two differentiating uh indicators is the more intense uh, line display for lanes and edges and other objects that could be in the way the the car will see on highway some extras like cones and stopped vehicles and other doodads but when you get off and you're doing it on the streets the fsd that red line is helpful for knowing that but for me the question is when does one become the other and for example, when you're on the highway here in West LA and you're getting off the 10 freeway, a lot, I, I describe these places because a lot of people actually go these places. I see hundreds of Teslas a day nowadays. You get off the freeway at Lincoln Avenue and it's a very slow exit off the freeway. The car doesn't seem to know it's getting off a highway. It starts, it's staying at like 55 miles an hour on an off-ramp that you should never go 55 miles on. And so I don't know that it has an understanding and I actually don't see it flip to the FSD appearance. And maybe it's just that we can't trust it when it comes time to get off. So I just read uh, 99% Invisible Cities. Um, uh, it's by the same guy who does that podcast. And the he does a bunch of interesting stuff. But one of them is he talks about the difference between like, a highway and a freeway and that's relevant here because a freeway where you have uh you know un uninterrupted flow and on ramps and off ramps those will run the old stack but but you know here in oregon we have a ton of highways that are that are look you know look may look similar to freeways but they have um you know you you might get a traffic light uh, and you don't have like the actual on-ramp off-ramp, you have people like just trying to hop onto the highway basically uh, from a driveway or whatever. 
And uh, and so here we run F it'll run FSD on that. So if I go skiing, for example, most of that driving, even though some of it is you know same speed, will be on the FSD stack. It's noticeable. And um, and like one of the things that happened to me last week is like it's um, I, I was like working at like I've been working out a knot in my shoulder <laughs> and it kept telling me that I wasn't paying attention, which yeah. it didn't do on the freeway because the freeway doesn't doesn't uh, do that attention detection. Whereas uh, uh, in when you're on a highway using the FSD stack, it's more picky about how much attention you're paying. Uh, and, and so that's what I see as the flip over here is like, uh, freeway versus highway. So you may be seeing that Robert, like that ramp, if you're between two freeways, maybe using old stack. And you said it, if the visualization doesn't switch, well, that, that tells you that it's actually using the old stack, which, um, which I, uh, you know, which, which yes, as, as was said, um, it's, it, it's not, it is not doing as much figuring out of the space you have available and how to use it as uh fsd does so i just want to clarify when you say old stack you're talking about autopilot level two terrific cruise control <laughs> yeah and actually i think so i i drove a loner <laughs> like for a week um just just a week ago and it had hardware 2.5 and that's as much as it would like it uh well no it would it did some city streets driving but um, on the, but it it was not use it was not using what I am used to with FSD. Right. So I think there might be a two point five in in that definition. But but yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to open up the can of worms of which version and which cameras well, because yeah. uh, I don't know if yeah. there's a difference. Yeah, I don't know if there's a difference with the new four K cameras. Um, it gets it's, a bit complicated. It sure does. I mean, especially if he I mean he's trying to stick a. A uh, what is the term? You know, trying to stick a pole in the ground and saying, "Okay," or a flag, saying, "Hey, okay, this is what we need." And then technology changes. It's like, well, I can use faster cameras, faster chips. Um, but there's there's something that's been promised for a while. Is it version eleven? The 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 whole um, idea of a combined stack, single in, stack. Yeah, oh yeah, a single stack. Um, so. Uh, Combining all of these other, all these pieces, the parking, um, highway, free, uh, and then um, city streets, and then what was the third, the fourth one, the summon, the summon pieces. Um, what's that intended to do, and would that fix some of these transitional pieces? Well, I I do think there's significant like confusion source right now in in those switches. Like it, you know, they used to be a lot closer together, but, um, you know, going on a road trip after mostly using FSD and mostly like, you know, around town or highway driving, um, you know, going on a road trip and being on the freeways for, you know, hours on end, it took me actually a while to get used to, um, using the, you know, the navigate on autopilot level of, of, of assist, um, you know, there's some moments, uh, I think I texted you about some of these, Joel, where, where you just see that it's just, it just doesn't do what you're used to it doing. Um, right. but, but Robert, you mentioned, right. Like not knowing when the car next to you is drifting as well. Like FSD is really good at that. Like sort of working around obstacles like that. Um, another one that I noticed is I would, in, especially in California, it would often piss people off when it made a lane change. Cause after that lane change, when, 
like a human would like accelerate into it, right? If you're going to overtake somebody, overtake them. But like um, the old stack, uh, what, right after lane change, it doesn't it doesn't do like doesn't like accelerate into that motion. Um, I, I've noticed FSD like at, or at first didn't do that, but it totally does that now, where you change lanes and it and it takes you there. So what I think you're explaining is the difference between FSD beta which is on the roads with the red line driving you between, you know, supermarket and your house versus the autopilot. We'll just call it autopilot, which is on the highway. It's lame in respect to the complicated parts of driving where FSD beta has lane changing, accelerating, slowing, merging a lot better organized and demonstrated the autopilot, which is for the highway, is lame. And I've had this issue where I'm on autopilot full on and I have a destination set and the car like merges into a different lane. And I'm like, why is it doing this? There's a truck right ahead of me. Then a couple of minutes later, it merges back into the lane. It's like, dude, make up your mind. Either you're driving fast in the fast lane or you're not driving fast and you just stick it in the slow lane and stay at a slower pace. And it, I'll turn it off. So I often, I should say the majority of the time, at least 90% of the time, I have no destination set and I'm just using the free autopilot, whatever, advanced cruise control. What did you call it? Oh, terrific cruise control. I'm using that. And, and at the same time, I'm thinking, why the hell did I spend $8,000 to buy this shit? Because it just makes me crazy. It's fun to play with, but that is an expensive toy. Robert, you're bringing up the like a logic layer for navigate that's been put on top of controlling the car two separate things in fact what i really would like to see them put in so when i'm on autopilot and i'm on the highway i don't have to you know be focused on keeping the car within the lane so i have a lot more latitude in what i can watch so what am i watching now i'm watching other people's tires and the lane lines. And when I start seeing people who are like going left and right and bouncing in their lane, number one, I think, are they drunk? Well, they don't look drunk. I get a little closer. They're on their freaking cell phones and they have no autopilot, no lane control, nothing. They just got stupid on and they're screwing with their cell phones at 75 miles an hour. Then I watch for trucks who do the same things, the big semis, right? These guys drive got too many hours and they're controlling an enormous vehicle and they get sleepy. And especially when I'm going to work at five in the morning and it's dark out, these guys can be a real danger. So the autopilot allows me to watch the other drivers. And I think that adds to my safety. But I think the bottom line with all of the controversy that's been brewing and bubbling for the past at least months since a few more people died while having their car in autopilot or FSD beta is that Elon has definitely sold this a lot more vigorously than I think is comfortable. And a lot of people have said that, and there's a lot of, there's some great articles out there. There's an article in the LA Times or no, the New York Times from a year ago that talked about this. And I think that's, that's the bottom line is that autopilot does not mean let go and, and play games and do something other 
than paying attention and driving your car. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, I, I mean, I think that that's an important point. Like you might as well talk about the Bay Bridge video. Uh, there was an accident on the Bay Bridge. Um, I think it had been reported already, but um, a Freedom of Information Act uh, request got a video of an accident that was um, essentially a multi-car accident initiated by a Tesla. Um, I think it was like a white Wait, model model three uh, model yeah was I don't it, a three? it was a mo- I, th- I thought it was either a y or a, or an x but um okay. but you can watch it it like it, like you can see in the video that it like change it, it essentially changes lanes and and uh and there's an approaching car in the lane it changes into um and the the uh, I, as i remember after the lane change the the tesla appears to slow down and then like dramatically slows down uh, uh there's a collision at some point and the tes- the 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 tesla that's that that do the lane change actually comes to a complete stop um and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens behind other people hit it too hit, hit other cars and this one's got a lot of attention like my son got in the car yesterday after being in middle school and was like did you hear there was a tesla that caused this crash um so it's it's gotten a lot of like popular attention seven or nine cars yeah i mean it's a it's a bad looking accident um and uh and you know there's there's a lot of arguments for like that the first car should have been able to stop right like the first the crash should never happen right but um you know i just on this road trip we totally drove over the bay bridge in both directions um and uh and so one thing i can confirm is it was definitely using we'll call it navigate on autopilot. Uh, it was definitely using the older stack when it was on the bridge. Um, and as I mentioned, like there is a thing when you switch lanes where it doesn't accelerate the way a person does. It feels like it hesitates. I don't know if it actually slows in most situations, but I do think if you had an approaching car there, it could, right? Like sometimes it does a thing where it starts the lane change and then like then freaks out and comes back that makes everyone in my car real real nervous um but those are those are things that happen on that old stack right so i could see um part of that so there's a few things first of all the reporting says it's fsd i don't think it was um but then second um the there's something going on there um uh and a lot of it can be explained by behavior i know about but then there's the last part where the where the the car comes to a stop and and I don't know why it would have done that. Like, I mean, I never like I never like I I would have pressed the accelerator at some point. Um, and most of us that that drive with it and rely on it are ready to do that. Right. Like it, I, the reason that that brought me to this, Robert, is like you you ended with like, hey, it's not like it's not like watch a movie, <laughs> you know, and I think it really is important. And that's I think the biggest danger right now of having the multiple stacks is that same thing where I'm used to a certain um, level, a certain style of supervision of the technology I use and driving a different car for a week. I actually I like rarely used the automated pieces because I'm used to a certain thing. Like I'm not used to it stopping at a green light. I was at one point, but now I'm not. And so like the supervision (laughs) is an active thing. And you know, you learn to know the capabilities and like kind of know what it can, what it's going to need a little, you know, need a little extra attention for. 
And that is what driving is when you're using FSD. It's like you're supervising. You're a supervisor. And- you're like a driver's ed instructor watching yeah. what's happening. And you know, like the failings of it. So you can you can do that. But then when you switch stacks, it can throw you off contextually in some ways. And there's not trivial. There's expertise involved in that right now, yeah. right? It's like it's it's actually like something you learn how to do. And I think I am a much safe, a safer driver in tandem with the AI, but I know the AI's limitations and like, I am doing a good job of supervising it. it like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily take, you know, have my, uh, I haven't yet had my 15 year old try to use it because like, it's a next order skill right now. Yeah. So this is where Elon touts that quote autopilot makes driving four or five X safer, right? They show these numbers of real world uh, miles that Tesla has observed among its drivers. And those who are in autopilot have far fewer accidents. And I think it's a misnomer to think that that's because of the autopilot alone. That's because the autopilot is additive to the driver's who are already behind the wheel. And the most excellent example of this, which I think is sort of like, I think if you want a Tesla and you want to run either the old stack autopilot and or FSD beta, you need to take some education on what autopilot is. And so before we met today, I went ahead and scoured a bit of YouTube and I found an American Airlines, I think it's an American Airlines pilot, who explains what it means to fly a seven, a Boeing 777, I think it is, with autopilot. And there's actually four different autopilots, right? There's all these versions. There's throttling control. There's mode control, which you plug in your destination and it basically tells you if you're veering off course. There's an autopilot flight control system, which uses all these sensors around the airplane. And so it's like all these additional features that help the pilots to number one, it does fly the plane, but they're never offline. The pilots are never offline. Two, it reduces their stress so that they're not as tired or they're more able to click in when something is going wrong. And the way she describes it is essentially what we're experiencing with Tesla full by yourself driving is this system that makes driving less stressful, uh, more enjoyable, easier, safer, but it is not push or, or what do they say? Plug and play. It's not SAE level four or level five, which means that, you know, at some point you don't even need pedals and a steering wheel or a yoke, so to speak. <laughs> I'll put this, I'll, I'll, I'll send, uh, I don't know if we're going to have like a notes for this. Maybe I'll just tr- draw one up really quick, but I'll throw this video in because I think it's really useful for people to watch it. It's only like six minutes and, and she does a great job of explaining and they show sort of the elements of how an airplane is flown. And it gives you a little bit more of a sense of what's going on behind the curtain uh, for an airplane pilot. But it's the same thing for, for Tesla. If you, um, you choose not to pay any attention, you're kind of rolling dice. So I have a question for um, the three of you. Um, when in the future, you can say it in months, weeks, years, decades, when in the future would you let a loved one um, sit in the back seat, 
and FST takes them uh, to their final destination and brings your car back. You're talking about blind grandma, picking up blind grandma. Yeah, whoever that loved one is of yours. Um, uh, Mike, Michael, I'll, I'll go with you first. Okay. <clears throat> it's zero. It's zero because this is the magic that I wanted to also express to Robert about how exciting it is to see each version come out. I mean, I've been driving FSD beta for a year and a half. I've gone through, I don't know, a dozen versions. And six months ago, the trip from my driveway to my son's high school was about 10 interventions. It was two lights, unprotected left, couple stop signs. And with each version, 10 has got gotten down to zero as of about a month ago. And, you know, it might stop too soon, probably piss people off, but it's not going to hurt anybody and it's not going to hurt the occupant. Yeah, yeah. So it, it might do one of those um, cruise things where it blocks an intersection for a few hours. No. Um, it won't even do that. It, it'll it'll <laughs> just... No. No. No, it'll just go right there. I mean, in, in your experience, it just goes right there. He could get in the car and, you know, eventually when that's available, um, at least for you where you live and you live in Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So it's it's not just e uh, West Coasters so that are seeing really good results, um, uh, at least on city streets. You're seeing it pretty, pretty good yourself. Michael, how do you think it's improving? Is it improving because the software and the decision making that is being improved globally by the Tesla engineers is resulting in this, or is it learning your route? No, it's not learning my route. In fact, all the data that comes up to the car is agnostic. It doesn't even know location. It's just uploading what it sees. It's the metadata, really. So it's not me. I'm not... The only time my car would impact the improvement of the version would be that there's something in my feed that they're researching you know it's like one problem was i would go out of my driveway and i would start it and it's a t and it would always turn to the the wrong direction it wouldn't it wouldn't even follow the nav or it would try and go straight and if they were researching t's then they might use my data mm-hmm Sort of that query that Andre talked about where they could query the fleet for specific types of things. Yes, like the like the like the boats on top of trucks. Right. Do you use that you use that example? Or yeah. Buses being towed by a tow truck backwards. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure even bicycles on the back of cars could fool it for a while, or at least early on, right? So that makes some sense. So I'm gonna I wanna um if there, I want to throw that same question to Mateo, who I thought was going to be the most um, um, positive on this. But Michael, but Michael, um, you, you've taken the cake, so zero. So today he would do it if it was available. Mateo, I'll, I'll do it for you. So you're saying, so Michael, just to clarify, so you're saying if you if it was possible to do it, like voice control, like set the location, uh, sun school. Uh, then you say like, hey, yeah, nobody needs to drive this. Like, go, like, just all it needs to be is turned on. It's kind of what you're saying, right? City streets, city streets, yeah. 
Um, so I definitely can back you up in terms of the reliability on city streets and how far it's come. I, I, I think we've been in the, the FSD beta about the same amount of time. Um, and I, uh, I got my car in 2019. So I, I saw the progression of navigate on autopilot, like in that, in that peak time of like, you know, when I got the car, it was pretty janky at everything. Um, and you know, over about a year and a half, you start to get to where you're, you're not, you're, you're, you know, you're pretty confident. It's not going to do something crazy. Um, I would say on city streets, most situations now it's like, you know, like the, the crazy stuff is not really is not you know it's it doesn't usually do something that is going to cause an accident uh like actual like that it will collide with something and it rarely does something that is like it does stuff that makes other people mad but it rarely does stuff that like would be dangerous um uh it does still happen but it's it's a lot more rare and it's a lot more common that you have a whole drive just last night i had the same kind of experience like tw- about 12 miles of driving in the dark, in the rain, it's Oregon, right? Um, all, all kind of suburban, but like not easy roads, like, 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 you know, not, not all regular stuff and like just no interventions, like, you know, from driveway to driveway, uh, actually like into the parking lot, you know, like, it, you know, it, into this strange, uh, strange parking lot, strange jo- jog and all that. It did everything um what you know taking my kid to music lessons and then back um so and yeah like even a few months ago it it could be it would have had probably you know like on a on a good night like four or five interventions 10 interventions in that stretch so it's come a long way are you saying zero am i gonna hear a zero you wanted time i'm not gonna say zero i think last time we met i said three years um i think that I have a like I have a question about it. Um, it's either three years or maybe less, or there is like something that we're talking about today that isn't really covered yet. It's like, what does supervision look like? Um, because like I could agree with Michael Zero, probably if like the kid I put in the car could be like, hey. Like you're supposed to go left here. Like, like, you know, like, like literally like being able to like coach the AI to like get out of being stuck in a situation like that. I think like, I I wonder what supervision starts to look like. It may be that it gets so that you don't have, like, it doesn't need you to control the steering wheel. right? Right. But it may still need like, um, you know, like even some basic stuff, right? Like, like it doesn't recognize, it does not, it does not adjust the maximum speed for schools, for school zones, like based on whether it's flashing or not, nothing. Um, hmm. and so it's like, I wouldn't send it out today because it would go at 30 miles an hour in a 20 mile school zone. Right. You'd um, get a ticket. <laughs> But like you could, right. I, it, would, it would get a ticket and I'd have to pay. It, yeah. Um, but like, you know, so I do kind of wonder like if there's something that we're not, like, it seems like for people to adopt it, everyone's going to have to start to develop more of a concept of what it means to like orchestrate, like supervise or coach AI. And like, we're all mm-hmm. getting practice with chat GPT and it's a boom. It's, that's what I was going to say. It's the same thing. It's not unlike it. Right. It's like yeah. the first, like, that te- the that technology has existed for a while and people used it and were like yeah fine it can make text 
And the thing that's special about chat GPT that caught people's imagination is you can be like, no, not like that. Make it less formal. Make it, mm-hmm. for, you know, ma- ma- write it as an email. Make it a poem. Make it in the tone of Snoop Dogg or whatever. But like, <laughs> that's fun, first of all. But like, like that's what, I mean, that's what working with AI is going to be over this next decade. It's like us learning like the nuances, the capabilities of the technology, but also like we're going to become more coaches. Like you can't, and even in the sense that it's not, it's not commands, it's not instructions. It's like working with people where like, yeah, yeah you're going to ask it to do something, but you're also going to have to give it feedback. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think we're at like no feedback. Uh, I don't know if that's even the goal, right? It, I think that, so like, would I put an infant in the car instead of going? No, <laughs> right? So it's like, um, I wonder if there's something in between where, uh, that, this is the part that fascinates me. Like, I, I've been really interested in how, uh, you know, the, they've been able to use the UI, the UI they have to like, to teach people to work with it fairly safely mm-hmm. um, and how that's progressed. But um, but do you think they need no. more um, something other in addition to the visual that they're showing on the screen and they're really trying to hide with that some sort of uh, agent that you could talk to a little bit to say, oh, I'm not going here because I saw something that I didn't think was safe or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the interface is really. Like, I mean, part of it is because the voice interface is so bad. <laughs> right. Tesla, yeah. Right. But it's like, um, it, uh, but you kind of have to wonder, right? Like, if you're if you're driving next to your spouse or partner, right? Like, if you're in the passenger seat, like you're not passive, right? Right. <laughs> like you're paying attention. You're kind of watching what's happening. And there's times when you're like, hey, watch out for that, right? And right. um, or like, oh, do you see that? Um, or we're supposed exactly. to be going there. Don't forget, like we were stopping. A gr- like I feel, like I, I prefer to go this. a little faster. Or yeah, you know, I, I think there's these smaller, there's these smaller things that people feel like they're safety things, but they're not safety things. But um, like the swerving truck sort of thing, it's in front of you. Um, maybe like it's watching and if it does go over the lane it's like out of there sort of thing and it moves over or whatever but there's some things that people want if you see a big truck you kind of want to go over to the side unless there's a jersey barrier and then you kind of you know you scooch over a little bit more those are like i feel like those are tweaks that you Mm -hmm. add to make everybody feel comfortable but if you could if it if it was somebody that i knew um then i sort of i could like talk a little bit with them as well even if it's like visuals like okay i see they're paying attention they see these things okay we're we're good sort of thing i think that you know we all do drive a bit differently we've had different experiences you know i've talked to people who drive a lot in open farm roads and they have one feeling like they're they're all mm-hmm. about picking the smooth surface of the asphalt. So, you know, if they're driving down a particular road and there's some big hole, they would want their autopilot to swerve around it as long as it's safe and there's no cars coming from the other direction. Or they would want to pass, you know, a slow farm vehicle more aggressively because if you don't, you might get stuck behind them because there's a traffic light coming up where there's a bunch of bunched up cars. So, exactly. and, and for me particularly, and I think for Mel 
as well. When we come upon a semi, we don't want to hang out next to it because their tires blow. And when they do, I've never had one blow into me, but it's a pretty explosive event. You just don't want to hang out there. And secondly, you don't, I, I'm really not happy driving up close to the Jersey barriers. Maybe it's how I sit in the car. Maybe it's just my own personal, whatever, weirdness. But when I see that white barrier just too close on my left side, I'm not at that moment going to look and to my left and see how far the tip of my mirror is from that barrier. And maybe it is two feet, which is plenty of room, right? For an autopilot. Mm -hmm. It isn't for me. But maybe if I said to autopilot, uh, this feels really close. Can you scooch over? And the autopilot gives me an indicator. You are 2.17 feet. This is a safe distance. You know, something like that for a confirmation. You know, but yeah, that's a, that's sort of a little, because I think some of these tweaks are just personal, are personal feelings. And so it's like, hmm, I'm not really liking that. They could just scooch over a little bit more, but then now you're closer to the truck, for example. Um, I know Mateo's got to go. Uh, Matt, Mateo, thank you very much for joining us uh today uh i've enjoyed this i do have one parting thought yeah which is like i kind of always want to mention this when we're talking about like the limitations of this technology which are real right and the like the 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 risks um of adopt like what the adopt what adoption looks like and if people understand it they are they're they're super real right and like uh, you know someone like you know like elon is not elon is has his approach works for some things but there are there are huge limitations and, you know, finding out that, you know, that that like people f- play fast and loose with, you know, the demo video um, or or that people are, you know, that there's that there's a push in the company to move it forward and figure it out later that there there are risks there. And um, but I, but the, I do want to like t- talk, j- just put a point in for the flip side, which is like, you know, like, you know, there have been f- fatal accidents that happened uh, that that's happened i think that it's easy to forget how many lives can be saved by by having this having this technology at scale um and that it is probably already saving multiples of lives more than the ones we're talking about that that it, you know it is tragic but it is really important to think like in my day, day to use day to day use, I see this huge benefit in safety, and in handing handing this over to a, a kid who has ADHD, <laughs> like I do, um, like having that extra set of eyes, um, you know, driving with a family in a downpour in California in the dark on six lane freeways, uh, having an extra set of eyes that that I know when I'm making a lane change that the tech is also checked for me, and things that I might not see are things that I can see with this technology. Um, and in situations where, uh, you know, like I'm tired or I'm hungry and I don't, you know, there will be things I won't see having another set of eyes, it saves lives. It saves, you know, it's like, it's for me, it's for the people around me. And, you know, like the, 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 we have to be careful about how we roll this out. And like, and, and I think there will be, there will be folks who are on the leading edge and ready to try this right away and folks that trail that, but, um, but it, it is is hugely important and you know like cars are out there killing people every day and we don't think about it much but it's super dangerous and putting your kid out there it's super dangerous 
And, you know, like, I, I think it's worth working on make it, you know, making it uh, work better. All right. Well, well, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Uh, Michael, any parting thoughts as well on this, you know, this FSD round table? Yeah, I guess if I was going to pick one, it would be, you know, this is my inspiration for wanting to do this with you guys was um, Talking Tesla episode 260. And I actually transcribed it. Um, oh, wow. Using, using Word uh, Dictate, which works way better than Google Voice, I'll say. And I, I wanted to do it because I wanted to count the number of times in that episode that you guys said it's not full self-driving. And the the so this is the French fry analogy that... Uh, I wanted to share. Um, you know, Tom, Tom this is inspired by Tom. So um, he he talked about buying FSD is like buying a large fry. And he's not <laughs> getting a large fry. Okay. So the analogy that that is you remember the the thought experiment of trying to describe dirt to somebody? Remember that as a kid? Okay, so this is kind of like that. So this is not about being able to spend 79 cents and reliably get a large fry. This is, you've never, ever tasted a fry, okay? And Robert mentioned, you know, looking at my watch, there's not a lot of time left, right? So the question is, you guys like to ask questions, how much would you pay to taste a French fry before you died, how much is that worth? <laughs> wow. Well, if I yeah, didn't probably, know what a French fry was, I mean, that's a, the other part of it, right? So, it, well, go ahead, Robert. You know, now that I've tasted French fries, I have to really dial it back. Um, hmm. <sighs> I what about know. a nice I steak, Definitely Robert. pay more than $2.00. 19 cents for a you know a big big box of fries from mcdonald's i'd probably pay a lot more than that i remember the first time i tried not too long ago a fried pickle which was in maine that was amazing i mean i went back for like thirds and so uh i don't know i guess it depends on what your disposable income for a french fry the first french fry but i'd probably pay a good 20 bucks maybe 100 bucks so my my point is that if you look at the screen that we showed when you're buying FSD, the only thing that's promised is stop sign and stop light recognition. That's it. What we're doing is we're paying for the opportunity to participate in the most fantastical artificial intelligence process in the, that's happening. And there's zero expectations, absolutely zero expectations. The system is currently set with the dial at 11 on purpose so that it can learn, so that it can phantom break because it's seeing something that needs to be figured out so that we can get to reading in the back seat. So no, there's no... The, we have basically we have one job 
It's to identify edge cases. And to use it really takes, you know, three times as much awareness energy as normal driving. Um, so I would argue that it is absolutely worth it for people that are willing to participate in the beta, basically. But as far as taking your car out for a Sunday drive with the family, we're not there. And we may never get there. Yeah, I'd pay $100 if I knew that was my last ride. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, like, and I think that's what some people are doing in, in some cases. They're paying so, way more than they know of, you know, that they, um, than they probably, probably should. Um, because they want to experience what you're experiencing. And I get that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But the problem is that I don't believe I should pay $8,000 to do experimentation for Tesla. I think that Tesla should have uh, done something in this respect. Either, you know, if you never use it, okay. You dropped eight grand, but if you use it, I don't know what the, what the bell curve is of miles or minutes of use per month or something. But for those people who really use it and really pay attention and really improve the product, I think there should be a credit. Either you get free supercharger miles, which would just basically hand you back money for the miles that you're spending testing autopilot, or you should get some sort of a compensation because it does not feel fair. And I think it really tests and pushes the Tesla goodwill that many people who've been involved in Tesla, like as owners, club members, etc., have basically, I think, felt kind of left behind and um, unappreciated, Right. I mean, like the original Tesla experience back 2012, 2013 and earlier with the Roadsters was this first class rolled out service. The The people in the in the service centers were like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll wash and, and detail your car for you when you bring it in just to get tires rotated. I mean, it was like it was really off the charts and that's gone. There's no more loners, or at least if there are, I've never been offered one. But I mean, it's like it's really gone away. And so for those people who really support Tesla and are really on it, um, I think there should be some sort of a, a give back. So one piece of pushback, which is if you are um, buying a traditional ICE higher end car from whoever, you know, higher end for that company, whether you like it or not, you're probably testing out new technology, new things that there's no promise that it's going to work as well as what the previous thing they put in. And the methodology for, I think the last 50 years for the auto industry has been is to test out new product in the most expensive cars, partly because you don't have as many of them. And partly because people roll those cars over a lot, you know, in terms of purchase price purchasing. Um, and, and some of that's happening, but you are getting I, I, the only thing that in terms of promise that I still feel like doesn't feel right, essentially, is 
making somebody who's crashed their car pay the full 15. Um, maybe you pay for the hard, the new hardware, but not necessarily for the new subscription, new pro software. Now, if you go, if you go subscription, then you never have to worry about that. Right. But I don't, you know, I, I don't feel that's right. I do feel though, that if you have it and you've sold your car or you've crashed your car, that you get that back and insurance doesn't give you that money. So their, their excuse about that, I'm not sure that's correct fully. I agree. And actually, you know, this is obviously there's news and things are happening quickly. Today, we're going to have an earnings call with Tesla, which we'll talk about on the next full talking Tesla. But there are at least three questions in the lineup of potential questions that they will answer about people who have Teslas that are getting older, who bought full self full by yourself driving and don't want to buy a new Tesla because they don't want to have to spend the money for the full by yourself driving again. So, you know, I have an S my S is now five years old. The new S is really kick-ass wonderful. I just sat in one the other day, two days ago. It's much nicer. The drive is better. So many things are better, it's, but it's really do I want to much better. Yeah. Do I want to buy it? And 15 grand for full by yourself driving, which I kind of use, but not all the time, or maybe I use it more, but is it worth it if I already spent eight or six or five or whatever in the past, why can't I roll that over or at least partially roll that over? I don't know. I mean, it seems like, like an Apple subscription. It should go with you. I agree with you. You guys made that point in the episode and we've asked Elon and he's just, you know, he said, nope, it's the car. It stays with the car. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Any, any, we probably should cut it here um, or soon. Um, if you have a parting thought, Robert. Yeah, I have a very important parting thought. I want to know, just for Tom's sake, in episode <laughs> 260, how many times did we say full self-driving? <laughs> <laughs> I counted about 12 only 12. I thought you were going to say something like 60. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. That one is for Tom. It was great having you. Thanks yes. Joel for putting this together. I look yeah, forward to yeah. the next time we debate this and when all the stacks are combined. Yeah. I think we should come back, um, you know, maybe a couple weeks after that time and we could bring in, uh, any Patreoners that want to, uh, talk about it as well. But I, I really, Appreciate you reaching out, Michael. Um, and uh, I'm hoping we can do this again at, at some point soon. Likewise. Bravo. Right. Excellent. Excellent.